John Branion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. For more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Welcome to our humble kitchen table. Carl, we're happy that you're here. If you are not a member of our comedy clique, we desperately want you to be in our group. So go to the website and sign up to become a member of our comedy clique. Would you concur, Peach? I concur. Peach concurs. You concur. You know what movie I always think of when I have to concur? Mm-hmm. Uh, Catch Me If You Can. You remember that scene in I, that movie? I don't remember the concur. That's when Leonardo... Leonardo DiCaprio is dressed oh, he's a doctor? as a doctor. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and he just concurs with everything. Well, he asks his protégés, because he's like the consultant guy. Like right. he's he's not supposed to be working with patients, but they call him in for an especially hard right. case. And he always asks the interns yeah. what they think, and right. then he concurs. He asks the interns, well, what do you think? And he's like, about what? And he's like, well, do you concur? And, and he's like, concur with what? Right. With what this other man has just said. <laughs> uh, that the patient is bleeding? Yes, I, I concur. concur. All right, then. Very good. It doesn't look like you need me here. And then he, like, marches off. Yeah, off he goes. And then, like, the, the one guy, the one uh, student, he kind of mutter, mutters under his breath, why didn't I concur? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have uh, concurred. The experts... Those experts. Yeah. And they're... And that's based on a true story, too, that whole story. How it was. A kid faked his way into medical school and then became a became lawyer. A pilot. And a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. By just bluffing. By just by just faking the documentation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. There's a lot of, a lot of truth in that. <laughs> I do like that movie a lot. So, anyway, I concur. I concur. Uh, that uh, that you concur that Carl should be a member of our clique. Oh yeah, that's what I concurred about. You forgot what you concurred about. It doesn't really matter. The important thing is agreement. The important thing is that we all agree with each other. <laughs> the specifics don't matter. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, I just got back from Tim Hawkins' house, whoop, whoop. where I recorded a podcast with him. It's going to not be this, not today, because this will come out on Monday. It's not today, but it'll be a week from today. Their podcast comes out on Monday, too? Yes. The Tim Hawkins cast? Yeah, the Tim Hawkins podcast uh, also comes out. But it was, uh, I guess it was a fun can, experience. We talked about... We can handle the competition. We talked about uh, comedy. We talked about grapes that taste like cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Those really stuff. aren't good. They don't taste like cotton candy, and they don't taste good. That was what we talked about. Yeah. We talked about how... Anything can be a source of comedy as long as you have the correct, you have to have a point of view. You have to think it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Right. And then you have to be passionate about that point of view. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Luke, that is Tim's son-in-law's son-in-law. name. Right. Just, I can't, I have a son-in-law named Luke too. Right. But uh, different Luke. Right. So. 
<laughs> I'm not, not confused about this. Right. I know who you Luke know, is. You know that your Luke is different than Tim Hawkins. <laughs> right. I'm pretty straight about which Luke is which. Right. You I'm know, married to one of them. You, and, know, you would recognize the other Luke yeah. immediately well, as not being your Luke. I would, right. I would at least know that it wasn't my husband. That's, that's yeah. not my husband. Yeah. That's a different Luke. Right. Uh, but then, anyway, so we were talking about how I was talking with Luke about, yeah, your your passion, your thoughts about grapes that taste like cotton candy. He was very pro cotton candy tasting uh, grapes. Yeah. And I took the con side. And Tim also took the con side. He's like, what's the point? Why do you want grapes to taste like something other than grapes? Right. And I told him that we had had that very same debate at our house because you had some of those cotton candy grapes. Yeah. And it caused us to have this conversation. We ate a lot of grapes for a while, and that bag sat around for much longer than the average. Right. So I don't think most of the people in my house really liked them that much. Well, they don't taste like grapes. It tastes like... It tastes like weird cotton candy Mm. that's a different... It just tastes really artificial. That's what I think. tastes like chemicals. Yes. So unnaturally sweet that it's like, something's wrong with these grapes. Right. Yeah. And what's wrong with them is they taste like cotton candy. The thing that is their selling point is what's wrong with them. Yeah. I didn't get candy, cotton candy from them, but whatever. Yeah. I'm assuming you guys covered this extensively, so we, we did. won't. And uh, well, yeah, we don't need to cover. I wouldn't it now. want to accidentally steal the thunder from Tim's podcast. Right, right. And we would totally do talking that. It too was much a, about grapes. It was an epic, epic moment <laughs> on the podcast, and I do not want to take away from it. So no you spoilers here. Go and listen to Tim Hawkins' podcast, Carl. If you uh, not today, but right. a week from today. Uh, and then we've had. Uh, now we've got. I've got a bit of a dilemma because the guy from the Babylon Bee is going to be on the podcast on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Why and is so, that a dilemma? Well, because it's. I don't want to talk about the thing that I was going to talk about on the podcast because I think we're going to talk about oh, it. Oh, more stealing of thunder from future podcast episodes. Yeah. that you're worried about. Yeah. So, it's in, unless you have a thing that you're in a whirl about, um, I'm going to go back to the archives. Well, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, because we haven't introduced Carlina. Mm-hmm. on this podcast yet okay um it's been a while since we explained sometimes when people write in and they are female and they listen they, they sign their name carlina yeah they sometimes sign off yeah, as carlina because they think that. that's just the the female version of carl right but okay, it's actually so, carla if you're a female listener you can call yourself carla carla and but carlina has a particular meaning carlina attached. has a thing that means so let's whirl about that Oh, I, is it not official unless I push the button? Well, it's just it's been a while. Peaches in a world. Okay, go ahead. We've talked so much about feminism lately that it's surprising we haven't actually resurrected Carlina. But but basically, anytime we want to give an example from the culture or particularly a real-life example from close to our home, we will give an anonymous name to the person in question, like Carlina. And, and why do we do that? Uh, because, well, mainly because we don't want our listeners to get too distracted by who it is that we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. We don't care who specifically is doing this thing. We want to talk about the ideas. We want to talk about the behavior. Right. Separate. So uh, separate, separate. So for example, we've had we've explained or talked about Carlina doing things before like Carlina accepted a 
pre-engagement ring from a fiance. Remember when that happened? Yes. <laughs> Not fiance, sorry. I don't even know how to talk about it. A pre-engagement ring from somebody who she wasn't engaged to, but she was she more was or less- dating. Trying to make some kind of a commitment, but not she a was, real she commitment. She was given it, given a ring on Valentine's Day by her boyfriend, and yeah. he told her he could, she could wear it on her left finger, but it was not an engagement. It ring. Absolutely, was not an engagement <laughs> ring, and it signified something, but not what she thought it signified. And yeah, we talked about we talked about Carlina's uh, silliness in putting this on Facebook as if it was something significant. Like here, as if everyone, he, admire my not engagement ring. Yeah, admire this ring, this piece of jewelry that he gave me that ha, that I am attaching some sort of meaning to. Meaning and value to. Yeah. But well, that's he just, didn't. That's just one example. So Carlina has done stuff like that before. Basically, Carlina is an idiot. Carlina called the police because a car drove really slowly past her house while her right. kid was riding on right. the bike. Her kid was riding on a bike. <laughs> <Remember that? laughs> I do remember that one, too. <laughs> um, Went to social media. Be on the lookout, people. There's a slow-moving vehicle. <laughs> No, in the neighborhood. They called the cops and they like actually had a security camera from the next house over that caught the the car the and car so driving slowly. They started passing this car picture of the car around. Right. And it actually went viral in our small town. People were hunting everywhere for this car and they were saying Everybody, you just can't be too careful. You know, keep a closer eye on your kids. <laughs> you can't be too careful. Cars are driving slow up in here. <laughs> and a lot of times, a lot of times before there's an abduction, there's a vehicle driving slowly. Well, and that was that was the first half of the issue. But what was really a problem was after the police released an, a statement where they said we found the vehicle. <laughs> It was a neighbor <laughs> who was showing her grandchild where she had grown up. It's an older lady, like an elderly lady who lived right. on the same block and was just showing her who, granddaughter where she used to live. Who is now on the watch list. Everybody's been watching for this poor old lady's car right. all day. Um, even after the police made that statement and kind of like called off the the search. <laughs> like that's the perfect disguise. Carlina. Disguise yourself as an old woman. So Carlina still doubled down and said, well, listen, when it comes to my children, I can't be too careful. That's right. I remember all that. It doesn't yeah. matter. I, there's no apology. And in fact, I was right to be insane about this because I care so much about my children. Right. 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 So that's, Carlina did that. Any, um, any sort of insane behavior <laughs> is justifiable as long as you are a mother with children. Correct. Carlina would have been, we should have called Carlina, the, the lady who was pulled over a few weeks ago and was rushing to get her child from daycare and explain to the cops that he wasn't being very nice to her because... Right. because her, her, pers her child with autism... Right. Was she having put, an emergency. Carlina puts cops on blast and says, we shouldn't judge each other so harshly. Do not judge. What I mean is don't judge me at all. <laughs> judge the police officers who aren't treating me the way that I think they should. So that's the kind of stuff Carlina does. One time Carlina shared a, a picture of a lady. It was a meme of a lady who had four kids <laughs> by four different fathers. Right. And it said, these are not mistakes. I, these are my biggest <laughs> blessings, and right. people people feel sorry for me because I'm a young mother, but don't feel sorry for me. These are the best things that ever happened to me. Uh -huh. 
you know, blah, 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 while Carlina was living with a fifth man and right, was who probably was about, to bless her again. about to get another little blessing. Another little blessing. Yeah, Carlina will often say that kind of stuff and then share those types of memes with the world. Right, and then the world responds, or Carlina's world responds with, you go, girl, beautiful, right. great mama, good for you. Right. Uh, yeah. So anytime there's an example of something that we want to talk about of, like, Toxic femininity or women behaving badly. Right. Like we will give Carlina's an idiot. Carlina to that person. She's yeah. an, she's an idiot. She's our representation of an idiot. So you're welcome to write to us, Carla. Yes. And you can even say <laughs> you can even address it as Carlina. You know, if you if you forget or whatever, that's yeah, fine. We but understand. Generally, if if you do address it as Carlina, don't think that we're talking about you when we say Carlina, because right. that is our that is our placeholder yeah. for. It's a particular a meaning. There's a particular meaning attached to it that right. we just thought you'd probably want to know. And I, I brought, I'm bringing it up now too because last week we talked about empathy or people who identify as empaths, which are basically new age wannabe psychos, you yeah. know, witches. <laughs> right. There are people who, who attach some sort of spiritual, spiritual significance to the feelings that yeah. they have. Yeah. And so, amongst all the other comments you got that were not super happy with you. Um, one particular person, we'll call her Carlina, <laughs> said, yes, I I agree with what you said about people who think that they have superpowers and are empaths. But I just want to point out, I just want to mention that as a person who has been married to a narcissist before, definitely my third husband was a narcissist. <laughs> um, That's right. I just want to say that I know that it's my, really hard for us empaths. Well, didn't she say LOL, though, when she yes. said my third husband? <laughs> yes. My third husband was a narcissist, LOL. LOL. And then it's, she, it's like she had this moment of realization about how bad I know, that is. I see how this is going to sound to people. Yes. She uh, said several of my relationships, like for example, one of my last relationships with my, my third, third husband. husband. So she, the way that she phrased it, there was actually at least one other guy since the third husband <laughs> that she has been in right. a romantic relationship with. Right. And I was just like... Oh, Carlina. <laughs> oh, Carlina. Please tune in and listen to our podcast because we're <laughs> going to talk about you. And that's the reason that we use Carlina as a, as a moniker because we say things that will be interpreted as unflattering and critical. Right. But we can do that because Carlina is it's basically just Carlina. Right. Yeah, and if you're not Carlina, you don't have to take it personally. Just don't become one. Don't act like a Carlina. Well, and if you do take it personally and if this is offensive to you, well, that's a good thing. That's right. a good thing. It's like getting mad at Aesop's fables. Like, I don't like the way he always treats that fox. He always makes the fox out to be this sneaky, snake-like, conniving, manipulative How about that? Little Do you animal. think you're a fox? And it's like, gee, what is it about no, that fox that makes I'm... you want to come to his defense so much there, Carlina? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I sympathize with the fox. You do, huh? Why does Aesop have to be so hard on that fox? That's Foxes about... aren't bad people. I consider myself a fox. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> have fun with that. By the way, yeah. Doug Wilson reacted to something about empathy today. It was oh, released I haven't seen it. I've been today. driving. What's weird about it, not weird, but interesting to me, the video that he's reacting to is by Brene Brown, like renowned, well-quoted on Instagram. Yeah, well, All I've the white women to several Brene of her Brown. memes in the last week. <laughs> yes, now that you live in white woman world on social media, yeah. you've probably seen her. Yeah. Um, so there's been, there's a cartoon that was taken or created, like an animation that was created over the soundbite of one of Brene Brown's speeches once. So it's like a two minute clip and then somebody drew a picture of a bear and 
and a fox. <laughs> Actually, Perfect. The fox is the good guy, though. That's probably what reminded you. Um, and so it's about sympathy versus empathy. And what's interesting to me about it is that this well, is a video. Well, I know I don't talk about that because he's got a whole bunch of yes. thoughts about that. Yes, but this video in particular was assigned as part of my curriculum for my birth doula training. Really? Yeah. So I'd already seen it. So what is it? And when I watched it the first time, even before Doug reacted, I was like, oh, this is just Ugh. par for the course with these people. <laughs> oh, Brene. It's, it's how the very first thing she says is um, empathy. What does she say? How does she say it? She says basically sympathy and empathy are slightly different. They're similar, but they're slightly different. And empathy is better. Like sympathy is being disconnected from a person, trying to tell them what you, th- what, what you think they should do when you really don't know what you're talking about. That's a huge paraphrase. That's not how she says it. But she does set it up like empathy is when you actually care about a person. Sympathy is when you just pretend to care, but you can't really know what you're talking about. Like that kind of thing. Uh, Okay. And so the first thing Doug Wilson says is, first of all, why would you take a word that has meant goodwill toward a person and has been a positive, generally regarded as a positive thing for thousands of years? Why would you suddenly go, yeah, we're done with calling that a good thing. Here's why it's it's suddenly bad. Like <laughs> sympathy has always been something we would strive to have. And in the scripture right. why it would says, you pit them against each other as one of them is good, one of them's bad. Right. And in the scripture in the scripture it, God is described as having sympathy for his creatures. Um why would you suddenly go, yeah, mm, sympathy's not as good as this new word that we invented like less than 100 years ago called empathy. So, and and that's all fair enough, but uh, this doesn't say anything. The power of empathy. I'm in it with you. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to feel with you and yes. let you know you're not alone. Yes. Now was that it? Wasn't the quote? Oh, okay. Um, here, if you'd search, for, I found the video. I found the little. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, that's it. It's literally just. It's literally just her empathy, explaining. Empathy that, fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. That's the. That's the exact sentence. The very right. first one in the movie. Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Right. Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Yeah. And so that's where Doug pauses it and he's like, okay, why would you automatically, like right off the bat, start trying to distance yourself from something which for thousands of years has meant a good thing? Sympathy. Yeah. Right. Like suddenly, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be sympathetic. Does he comment on that? Yeah, he does. He he does. And then he comments on the fact that in the video, this bear literally climbs down in a hole with the sad fox and is like, here I am. I'm with you here. And then you've got the oafish uh, deer character that's up on the top of the ladder above them outside the hole yelling Trying down. Trying to sympathize with them. Hey, do you want a sandwich? Like that's literally what she describes the sympathetic person as yelling down into the hole. <laughs> And Doug, Doug well, that's says... that's not a bad thing, is it? I mean... Doug says this is what we call... Um, uh, uh, what did he say? This is what we call refutation with funny voices. Like, it's not actually an argument. It's just making the other person sound dumb. It's like the auditory version of a straw man. Like, here's, right. a, here's a deer standing up here but going, I would, Hey, can I make you a sandwich? Well, what's wrong with that? If you're... <laughs> If you're sad and the bear is already down in the hole with you, I assume there's not much room left for like a full-grown deer. Right. What's wrong with making a sandwich? Right. That would be a... Right. Isn't and, that sort of an empathetic thing? Maybe they're, maybe they're hungry. Maybe right. I can make them a sandwich. And I can testify that like those types of questions will just be met with like blinking and blank stares from the people who are internalizing this. They like if I was to ask what's wrong with making a sandwich? Yes, yes. 
Because clearly it was a dumb thing to ask. Look how Brene changed her voice to sounding like this when she said it. So, <laughs> okay, so I, I am genuinely puzzled. As, so the, the conclusion is yeah. that to, to offer sympathy or to, or to make a sandwich in this case is a bad thing, okay. something that you should be ashamed of, no, something no, no, you should no. think twice no, about. No, you asking that question is what you should be ashamed of. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. telling you, they have been Seeking conditioned. Seeking to understand is shameful. Yes, because... Because it is, um, it's, <laughs> I don't it's know how to It's not empathetic? Just, well, I don't know how to describe it other than to use the term white, which we've talked about before. <laughs> like you're, you're driving with logic. You're trying to, you know, you are questioning and questioning doesn't feel good. It often makes people feel, un, you know, misunderstood, not understood and, and shameful right. and embarrassed of their own feelings. And right. so you're not supposed to do any of that. And right. I mentioned in the last episode they, the whole curriculum with how to be a support person, how to be a birth doula. It's from your doula training. How The whole thing is be with a person, but don't judge. Be with them and mm-hmm. don't judge. So why would you even ask a question like that unless you were preparing to do some judgment? Like, why would you even be pushing back at all if you were, if your whole goal was just to let the other person do the driving in a situation? So, right. Just by asking that question, you're already far outside of what these people are comfortable with because they've been taught, systematically, they've been taught to shut off that part of their brain. That it it makes them a good person when they stop questioning and start just accepting. And the word acceptance is always a good thing. Start accepting absolutely everything that your client, your your birthing person or your, your counseling client Right. asks from you anytime they say a thing you accept it right. you, you yes and everything yes and so, yep there you go you got it <laughs> good so you can be a doula now no i understand i i i get that i i i understand the concept that you're explaining to me uh and but i almost i almost said but, but yeah and but, and <laughs> i am also aware that that I cannot help but pass some form of judgment, even if I decide I'm just going to accept what you are saying. Right. I have judged that right. I have I have passed a judgment. Okay, let me give point. you an example from the video. So she says, Brene Brown says, sympathetic people, or or sorry, she says an empathetic response rarely begins with, well, at least dot dot dot. My kids are banging in the kitchen. I may have to stop. Yeah. Right. Maybe well, that that's okay. She says an empathetic, says an empathetic response. response rarely starts with "well, at least." So you're not going to do that. You're not going to try to. Someone made water popsicles, and okay. now we can't get out without. She's going to make water popsicles. Henry, all you have to do is run hot water over that, and it'll melt. Right. And come right out of there. It'll just melt. You could even run cold water over it and it'll still melt. Yeah, because cold water is still cold warmer than the ice. Cold water is still colder or warmer than the ice. Quick right. science break, Carl. Science. Water um, popsicles. Okay. <laughs> Mommy, I know how to melt ice, she says. <laughs> she didn't want me to think I taught her something. Sorry, Carl. I stand corrected. <laughs> Mommy, I know how to melt ice. It was not science. <laughs> that was just common sense right there. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh. So empathetic responses rarely start with, well, at least. So, so so right there, she's painted this picture where if you're saying, well, at least, you know, you're already the bad guy. That's because you're passing judgment. Right. So somebody says, um, my, my pet passed away. 
well, at least you had 14 good years with him. Right. You know, well, I lost my job. Well, at least you still have a good savings account. You know, whatever. That's wrong. So you don't want to help people find the silver lining. If you always try to put a silver lining on things, that's wrong. Then, not 20 seconds later, she goes on to say, (coughs) I tell people, you know, just sit with them. It's uncomfortable and it goes against your nature to to just sit with their their hard feelings. But I tell people, it's better to just tell them, oh, I don't even know what to say to you right now, but I'm really glad you told me. And I said, because I'm a thinking person, out loud, so you're saying at least you told me and at least I'm going to be sitting here with right, you? Right, You're doing the same thing, Brene. You're just not you're using just the, word, the word at least. Right. You're still doing it. But nobody who's listening to her and finding her as this great, wise Buddha guru, nobody's actually capable now of questioning her on that because she has taught them systematically how to not push back on anything a person with a microphone says. So it's this perfect little brainwashing technique where first you get them to put their guard down, you get them to cut off half of their brains. They do this little lobotomy, the self-lobotomy. And then you can say stuff like, Oh, don't just tell people, well, at least. Tell them, I'm glad you told me. I don't know what to say, but at least I'm glad you told me. Right. And nobody's going to go, Brene, you just contradicted yourself. You just said, you just said at least. Right. But, you, right. but it's, but I'm glad you told me. You're doing me. the you same thing. You leave out at thing. least. Yep. But you could put it there. It's the same thing. And you see that kind of stuff all the time. Right. Recall when I was yep. sharing chunks of my actual textbook. I remember. Or I'm sharing chunks of quotes that they're in telling frustration. me to inf- I remember internalize. You, I remember you sell, uh, sharing passioned bits of your textbook because yep. there was some feelings attached to it some of it. It was so dumb. <laughs> These perfect little circles they would weave. This The section on religion was especially... It was especially full of just cognitive dissonance. Yes, because because it's the same. It's just accepting everything, right? Even religious, you correct? Know, all religion, just accept everything, every right. cockamamie thing. But then they thing would say, they say things like, "If you don't feel like you can support that person because you know your values go against their values so much, then you know just politely offer to." to find a different person who could be their support person. If you don't feel like you can support them because of your values, then blah, blah, blah. But then they went on to explain that like they have this vision that eventually someday the world will be more um, inclusive and accepting of all religions instead of having all these fights that constantly take place. As if that's a a good thing and that's the goal. The goal is for us to go towards this, this, mismatch of right. of all of these different conflicting contradictory views right. living in harmony together so we're supposed to support the christians in israel or israel or palestine christians in the middle east who are living there who who are neither jewish nor um, muslim. muslim we're also supposed to be able to support a muslim if they want to come to us for support we should be able to support a jew if they come to us for support right. and we also should support the secular humanist who thinks all three of those camps should just get along right. and and not fight about stuff like they do like the secularists get along with each right. other so well <laughs> right yeah and so it's like you don't even know what you believe I don't think like you have worked so hard to be this blank slate upon which anyone can write whatever they want right that you are now useless and and you well think, but they don't see it as that they yeah. they define that as the ultimate open-mindedness right being just being a person who absorbs everything yeah. and accepts everything that's thrown at them that is the ultimate uh wise person right the person who becomes uh 
who just who just becomes whatever color the water is that they're standing in. Right, but they don't recognize that they do have assumptions such as the assumption that being a supportive person is a good thing. Correct. And the assumption that being a blank slate who accepts everything is a good thing. Correct, and if you ask about that, though, that's when you... They'll get, blink at you. Well, you get blank stares <laughs> right. or... Or you get this sort of really tense. Well, of course, that's the right thing to do. Correct. What kind of what kind of person are you right. that you would that you would suggest that being open minded and tolerant and uh, and loving is the word that gets thrown around in the Christian circles, right? Or empathetic. So you're, you're so you're saying that it's not right to love other people. Is that what you're saying? And, yep. And they just can't they can't even wrap their minds around how they could possibly be bad. Right. For and being so, empathetic. Now what we have is a culture full of, of well, let's just say women, because we were talking about Carlina a minute ago. We've got yep. women who have a, a bunch of um, emotional issues they want help with. They, they want to help other women who also have emotional issues. And so they then decide they're going to go become a counselor or they're going to be a birth doula. And they study all of this. Like you. All of this mumbo jumbo, contradictory, self-refuting stuff that they jam it into their noggins. They go follow Brene Brown quotes on social media. Right, and there and are a lot of people. There are a lot more people listening to Brene Brown than there are people us. listening to us. Right, and so then they then Carlina just has come full circle, and now she's going to go make little Carlinas out there um, who don't really know what they're talking about, and will even admit they don't know what they're talking about because it sounds humble. They're like, "Oh, I don't. I'm not trying to teach you anything." <laughs> We've had <laughs> we we had another Carlina a few years ago on our uh, blog, and I thought she was gone, but she's kind of resurfaced in the last week or two. No, oh. uh, who who was like I I don't appreciate your use of man made wisdom or man made logic. Yeah, you know, in applying this, I it, it's. It's faith. It's all. It's just. It's all just having faith. And I can't understand the Bible, and we can't know the mind of God, and so just have faith. Right. And she's sort of the representative in my mind. But there are a lot of people who have that perspective that God is so far above us, and and we can't understand Him. And so just whatever we feel. And right. since I can't know for sure that I'm right, then it's not my place to criticize somebody else's position. Well, and that and, would be fine if they just stopped blogging and stopped getting up on stages with microphones and stopped trying to be birth doulas and stopped trying to be and counselors. And stop telling me to stop blogging? Right. Like right. if they if they really believed that they did not know things for sure, they would shut up. But the problem is these are people who say with one side of their mouth, I don't really know anything. I don't know things. And then but they here's say what I think. with the other side of their mouth, they say just so much stuff for a person who doesn't, who doesn't know. know anything. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's what a Carlina does. Carlina does something like that. And actually, I thought you were going to bring up the example of a non-female Carlina who is a, a public school teacher who just... Oh, that just was today. Yeah. You want me to bring that up? I mean, you can read it. Yeah, we can talk about that. It's not the first time I've seen that particular uh, Oh, sentiment. have you seen this this actual thing before? From is public that, school teachers? Yeah. Yeah. That actual, that actual meme? No, not that meme. I think oh. he wrote it. But that sentiment, I'm saying... No, I don't think he wrote it. Oh, okay. I don't think he did. I think it's uh, being passed around by public school. Maybe yeah, I have seen that I exact think it's one. Being passed then. around because I, I follow a lot of teachers like blogs and stuff. Have so. you ever been to Cedar Point? Me. I've told you so many times, Colin. Yes, I used to this, go with your daddy in high school. He's reading a quote that I have. Colin, with Colin laughs. Oh yeah, I forgot. Anyway, I was just thinking, <laughs> what if they had a dog seat belt for like Millennium Force? <laughs> <laughs> 
And we wonder why Colin's work is not done yet for school. <laughs> he asked me. Seatbelts for dogs on roller coasters. I was wondering, what if they had a dog seatbelt for like Millennium Force? <laughs> and I was like, Colin, are you trying to come up with a way to take a dog on a roller coaster? And he goes, yeah. It's either yeah. that or do my math paper. He goes, yeah. And I said, why would they even want to do that? <laughs> You'd probably kill it. I said you'd probably give it a heart attack. The dog don't want to ride roller dogs coasters. Dogs don't want to ride them. They don't enjoy them. <laughs> how could you, how could any creature not enjoy a good roller coaster ride? So for context, Carl, every time I get a weird quote from one of the kids during the day, I send it to my husband and my dad, yeah. and then they get to laugh at me, and I get to feel less like throttling <laughs> yeah. my children. You get to feel less like a character on Green Acres. <laughs> Send it out to some oh, other anyway, same people. Just, anyway, I was just wondering. Yeah. Uh, dear people accusing teachers of indoctrinated students. It literally says that. Right. Of indoctrinated students. So it's grammatically incorrect. Oh, yeah. Teaching or accusing teachers, teachers of, of indoctrinated. Yeah. He's, he wrote or it says indoctrinated students. Indoctrinated student. Yeah. Just know that if... In fact, we are able to brainwash slash indoctrinate students. We'd start with having them do all of their work on time, pay attention in class, study, and bring us coffee every day. Haha, uh-huh. did you get the joke at the end? Uh-huh, and so they didn't get it. They, we'd have them bring us coffee because <laughs> uh-huh. we brainwashed them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And so what he's... Uh, what this meme is supposed to represent is you silly, stupid people who think that we're brainwashing your children. If we could do that, then we would teach them to have better study habits and we would teach them to hand in their work on time right. and, uh, and we would make them into our personal slaves. Right. But we are not able to brainwash your children or indoctrinate your children. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Right. Well, I've said for years that there's this <coughs> tension between, um, it's a tension for teachers between wanting to be paid like they rule the world because they're doing such an important job. We are job. shaping young minds. We are right. we are the f- educating the future leaders of America. That is how important our jobs are. You know are, what a is. nation's priority is when you look at what they spend money on. And right now we're spending billions on overseas military endeavors and we're not spending, spending that same amount of money on, on teachers. educating children. And, and so it, the teachers right. need more resources so we can better do our job, which is educating children right and so there's that there's that narrative that half of the narrative but a tension between that and by the way every time there's a kid who's failing and unable to read and unable to do math and as the test scores fall it's really not our fault because the kids have bad home lives and there's nothing that we can do really to and and specifically in this case it's like every time you accuse us of brainwashing your children with bad ideas then we're going to go, uh, 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 no, no, no. We don't actually brainwash your children. We don't indoctrinate them. And they, they get hung up on the word indoctrination because indoctrination is another one of those words that always means a bad thing. Correct. Well, they should. I mean, they should get hung up on the word indoctrination. It's intended to be inflammatory. It's intended to make them stop and sit up and think. But the problem is they want 
they, and I've said this before on this podcast, they want credit for doing a good thing when things are going well, when they've got smart kids getting good test scores and, and changing the world in a positive that is way. all because they're excellent teachers. It's because they had great teachers right. and we should pay the teachers accordingly. Right. But they want no culpability when things are going to pot and when the system is collapsing and when kids are illiterate and when, you know, <laughs> they want to just get rid of tests now because kids aren't able to pass them. Right. And they also still want a pay increase. And, it, and I said to you when you read that, just ask him if he's not able to teach kids anything. What's the what's the pay increase supposed to be? Well, for that that was my position on it when I sent it to you. Was the idea that these are teachers who are literally saying we don't know how to educate people, we right. don't know how to teach people anything. Right. That's what that meme says. Right. And I've heard we that teachers before. can't teach people. Anything. I have been in teaching circles for years now. I know how teachers talk in the break rooms. I know how they how they assure each other we're doing the best we can. It's not really our fault. Not we're our fighting fault. an uphill battle because the system is broken. The parents aren't involved. And um, and I'm sympathetic to both of those things. Correct. I'm saying, but I'm saying I've been, or empathetic. Which is it? What am I supposed to be? Am I, I no sympathetic idea. or empathetic? But I'm saying I've noticed the two poles, the two poles of that tension for a long time. Because on the one hand, the teachers want absolved of any you know guilt when things are not going well, when their te- their students are failing, but then they also want to be heralded as heroes. They want all the credit for the valedictorian too. Yep. Right. Yep, 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 yep. And I, I think somewhere, I, I actually lean more towards this uh, this meme. I, I, I would be more in camp that says, yeah, we can't indoctrinate your kids with anything. I would be more in that camp than I am in the camp that says, we are excellent teachers, and that is the reason that your children are flourishing. Uh no, I, I disagree. I'm more in the camp that takes responsibility for whoever has the children's minds the majority of the day is the one who's responsible for the outcomes. So if, you've, if, you are, if you're the one who's got them in your classroom for, you know, six hours a day or more and the kids are not doing well, then that's on you for not – that's on you. They're, it's your watch, and it's they're your minds during that time. And so to deny that you have the ability to influence or indoctrinate or educate a child is a cop-out. You do have that. You do have the influence. They are teaching them. They are teaching them stuff, even if they're not turning in their homework on time. Well, that's right. That was my uh, position, was that you're, if you do have influence and you can educate them, but what are you teaching them? Right. Right. You're teaching them right now how to pass the buck. <laughs> right now, you're teaching children how to demand more pay without more work. Right now, you're teaching kids how to um, make excuses for, you know, make excuses for things that aren't going your, your way and taking credit for things that are. Like, all of that is part of their education. The philosophy of education is what we're talking about when we say that kids are being indoctrinated. Not that... Not that teachers are managing to somehow slip math facts past their ears when the kids aren't listening. I'm talking about the overall attitude and the spirit and the character of the teachers, which is coming through loud and clear. The political activism that is absolutely taking place. I would feel, uh, I would feel better. That's not the right way to say it, but I, I would have more respect if they would just own up to the fact that education and indoctrination are essentially the same thing. Right. Rather than rather than splitting hairs and we're not indoctrinating them, it's like, well, then right. But what okay. is it? But again, you're... what I'm trying to say is they are both educating and indoctrinating the American public 
when they share memes like that. Correct. They are teaching people something. It's dumb. It's like it's like my doula curriculum, you know, teaching wannabe doulas how to give themselves lobotomies. I mean, they're teaching them something. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But yeah. they're denying that. They're saying right. that we're not we're not capable of indoctrinating or brainwashing them. If we were, then we'd have them bring us coffee. Right. And I'll bet you if you dedicated yourself to teaching your classrooms to bring you coffee, you could do that. Well, what maybe I don't know, maybe not, but but they are. I could. If they really I could get believed, people to bring me coffee. If they really believe that they weren't indoctrinating anybody or educating anybody, they would stop posting on social media. But would, they know. Would you get me a cup of coffee right now? No, you already had one. You've had enough. <laughs> they they know that people are reading. Oh, now I know how frustrating it is to be a teacher. Yeah, that people Incorrigible. teachers know that people are reading and that their memes have an influence on the culture. When the teachers' unions start putting out propaganda and having all their teachers post it and make it their profile pictures, it has an impact, and they know it. That's why they do it. And so this whole idea that, oh, nothing we do really matters anyway, it's they don't even believe that. Like, it's a false sense of, it's downplaying their power on purpose because what what we said actually struck a nerve which is you have influence you are you are indoctrinating children you're poisoning our children and, with marxism and, and in false order religion. to demonstrate how wrong that is they quickly got to work throwing out stuff on social media to deny all charges which right. is actually what we were talking about all along showing showing kids how to play political games like that or how to redefine words like that or how to not think about the concept that's actually being presented, but just, right. you know. Right, but but they're, it's, they're not doing it well. They, it's not thoughtful people that put memes like that out. Well, they don't have to do it well anymore because the first step was just to tell people to stop questioning everything and don't judge, and then it was all over. <laughs> then you can just, you can contradict yourself 20 seconds later in a stupid movie about bears and foxes, and... <laughs> And nobody will call you on it. Like foxes. I hate those foxes. <laughs> Carlina will just keep I sharing it. I also hate it. the deer. Hey, you want a sandwich? <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm up here above the hole. I'm standing above the hole. I'm going to make you a sandwich. You want one? You know I'm the bad guy because I sound like this. Because I talk dumb. <laughs> I talk dumb. Dumb, and I'll make you a sandwich. Carlina with my clothing goes. Hooves. Oh, I don't want to be like that sandwich guy. I don't, don't want to make sandwiches. <laughs> Those people are dumb. Who would ever want to make a sandwich now? I'd make a sandwich. I That's couldn't, so in degrading. good conscience, make a sandwich at this. Not rate. now. Not at this point. <laughs> is it? But isn't there something a little bit derogatory in the idea of making a sandwich? Is is that sort of the? It's not even that level of subliminal. Like it was literally just he sounded dumb when he said it. Right, but to, it. but making a sandwich is a thing that's been that's what that's what subordinates do. You know, make me a sandwich, right? Or get me coffee, right? I'm, Serve me in some way. Yeah, I'm saying I don't think that that was intentional. I don't think that that phrase was selected in the script because of its connotation. You don't think so? Nope. Well, that would have been exactly what I would have said if I was writing that script. Hey. Do you wanna make me what be make you a sandwich? Do you wanna go have some coffee with me? You wanna go indoctrinate some kids with me? You wanna go indoctrinate kids with sandwiches? Yep, 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 yep. There are so I know I'm missing some Carlina stories, by the way. I know there's others that we shared on been many of them. the podcast, and I can't I'm I'm racking my brain. We should have a Carlina episode. That's what this was. It kinda was, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe we should have a, Car a history of Carlina episode. <laughs> That's what this was. 
<laughs> you get to the end of 45 minutes. I meant the history. You know what we, we should talk about sometimes. You know what we should do is exactly what we just did. For That's the last why I'm trying minutes. to think of like one more example that we can kind of slot into the last three minutes because this has been the Carlina episode. Well, it should be something that's like quick. You, I thought you were going to talk when I, you started this. I thought you were going to talk about the uh, pay, the person who said, "I'm sick to death of doing unproductive things like staying home and raising these kids." Oh, didn't I bring that up already? You brought it up on your other podcast. That's right. You can listen to the MomCast. I read that quote on yeah. the MomCast. So you're not going to do that one? Well, I don't know why. That would be a new Carlina story. I was trying to... We haven't talked about all the Milk Mafia stuff. Oh, that's, that's right. Carlina. Carlina once took a three-year-old to the karate place while her older kid was doing karate and right. was sitting and in the waiting fed. room breastfeeding the three-year-old in front of the open window <laughs> breastfeeding a three-year-old in front this is of a the, child that can stand in front of her you know like the observatory window like if like in gymnastics or right. other sport indoor sports where you have like this right. observation this deck is, this is not a child swaddled in clothes sitting <laughs> on her lap this She's is a, a child full-blown toddler literally capable of getting down off of her lap and running around yeah and saying mommy may i have a snack please yeah um, and, and the funny thing was like during like the, the older boys sessions with like the, <laughs> with the karate in instructor master guy, right. she would be sitting in the middle of this giant picture window facing them right, <laughs> with, her with her shirt above her head. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we haven't covered any of that stuff on That's this Carlina. since we've been on the FLF network, but those yeah. are, those are the sort of things that we find hysterically funny. Yes. <laughs> and, and it triggers people when we laugh at them because they don't have the proper understanding of how comedy works. But yeah, when you take yourself completely seriously and I am just feeding my child, I don't understand why, what's yeah. funny about that. Carlina, I'm, I'm on to you. <laughs> I know how this works. A child has to eat. See, I'm a woman who also has a sin nature myself and I've had many opportunities to be Carlina and probably have been Carlina in my own life. And to so, signal your own virtue by pulling your top up over your head. I did not do that. I can say for <laughs> sure I didn't. But my point is, you can't pull a fast one on me and just and and try to do the plausible deniability. I was just feeding my my baby my is going to starve if I don't now flash you the entire karate class. But anyway, we'll talk more about um, people who people who don't think things are funny when we talk to Joel Barry. Yeah, you should listen on listen on Wednesday. Yeah. Carl, if you don't. Now, the thing is that this, if you're listening on the regular podcast, if you're not listening on the FLF Network app, uh, then you don't hear the, the you house guests. You hear a week. Oh, you don't hear house guests? You don't hear house guest episodes. Oh, I didn't know that. So if you're listening on the regular old podcast, like through iTunes or whatever, then uh, you don't hear the, the house guest episodes. So you need to get the app on the FLF Network. All of that stuff is available at johnbranding.com. Go look it up. Yeah. Uh, but Joel Berry is uh, with the Babylon Bee. He's going to be on Wednesday. We will talk more about um, humor and comedy and what's Christ-like and what's not. What's Christ-like and what's not and what's funny and what's not. And On Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday. See ya. Bye, Carl. You can find John Branion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you.